in chapter 23, verse 32. Luke 23 and 32. If you don't have our app or uh, you're not using it much, hey, jump on, download our app, Triumph Church TX. You can follow along with our message notes. Uh, it's also, you can, you can read the Bible on there, connect with us in a number of ways, find out about life. There's lots of great things you can do. But today, you can also follow along with our notes. Uh, I'm a note taker. I like to take notes. It helps me a lot. It helps me go back in the future and remember what I learned. So, Luke 23, verse 32, if you're there, say amen. amen. Two others, both criminals, were led out to the place let out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Verse 34, here's what Jesus said. Jesus looks down at those around him and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Let's before we dive into this message, let's pray just a little bit. Would, could we? Father, I thank you for your presence that I feel here. I just believe that your Holy Spirit is here with us today. He's present with us and he wants to speak to our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord. Father, don't let my words be mere words of man's wisdom, but lace them with the power of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of your son, Jesus. Speak to us out of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. What incredible words that Jesus spoke. One more time, Jesus has to fulfill Scripture. So he's actually fulfilling Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, where he said, He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This is what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, one of the ways you'll know the Messiah is because he's got to bear the sins of many, which is what Jesus did when he was hanging on the cross. He became sin who no, knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. But not only that, as he was hanging there, he prayed for, he made intercession for the people crucifying him, the people doing the crime. He's innocent, and yet he's praying for the people that are hurting him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Here's what I love about Jesus and, and about this story that, that, is, that is so powerful to me. One of the many things. Jesus didn't wait until he had already died, been raised from the grave, and ascended into the heaven. He didn't wait till all the pain was gone and he was back on the throne sitting at the right hand of the Father with the angels dancing around him and worshiping around him to say, okay, everything is okay now, I forgive you. Here's Jesus gasping for breath at the end of his life, has been hanging on the cross for hours and he's looking down at the people who have crucified him and are still mocking him, they are still uh, laughing at him, they are still uh, uh, talking to their friends and murmuring and, 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 and taunting him and yet in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the tragedy, Jesus looks down and says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He was interceding on their behalf while they were in the middle of it. You see, for me, it is very easy to forgive 15 years later 
when my life has moved on, when everything is okay, when your life went bad and my life went the right way, and I can put my hands on my hip and say, I'm okay, look what happened to you. Shouldn't have messed with me, sucker. But it's very easy to forgive once we're down the road and everything is okay and life is good. But here's the challenge of Jesus. Can we forgive right in the middle of being hurt? These words of Jesus hit one more time on one of the great themes of his life. One of the messages that he preached on time and time and time again. He preached it in the Sermon on the Mount and he preached it all the way through the context of his ministry. Multiple parables and his subject was this, forgiveness. I want to talk to you today for just a few moments about that topic, forgiveness. I want you to look at it through this lens of Jesus that while Jesus was still being hurt, he forgave. Let's learn a few things that Jesus taught. First off is this, and this one's going to mess you up right up front. We're just going get, to get this right out of the way. This is going to not be a fun sermon, so I love it. I'm excited. Here we go. Number one is this, and I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Here it is. Forgiveness is more important than worship. Forgiveness is more important than your worship. Say, Pastor Ren, and I, I don't know how that works. I don't, you're going to you're gonna have to prove that to me. Okay, I will. Let's turn, let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 5. This is the Sermon on the Mount. I'm reading from the New Living Translation in verse 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice, or if you're presenting an offering, or if you have come, remember that when they would present their sacrifices and their offering, that was their worship in the house of God. So when you're presenting your sacrifice, when you're presenting your worship in, at the altar, in the temple, they went to church and they're bringing their worship, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. You got a problem with somebody else. Verse 24, you, you got an issue going on and it, and it suddenly hits you. Leave your sacrifice, leave your offering, leave your worship right where it is. Leave it right there at the altar. Stop in the middle of the song. Stop in the middle of writing your, your tithe and offering check. Stop in the middle of all of it. And go and be reconciled to that person. Then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. Before you come trying to worship God, don't come worshiping God with unforgiveness in your heart. No, he said before you do anything, first thing you do is you go and you try to be reconciled. Now, some things can't be reconciled. Some problems can't be solved. Uh, Paul goes on later and says, uh, he, in, in Romans chapter 12, I believe, he says these words. He says, uh, for, for whatever is up to you, whatever you're able to control, whatever part you can control, you, what can you do? You can forgive and you can ask for forgiveness. So if they don't accept it or if they don't give it, that's on them. But it is up to us to ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness. And so he's, and, and he said, look, so whatever's on you, whatever is your part, you go do that. And then you come back. And you finish your worship and you finish your Why do I say it's more important? Because in Scripture, order matters. Order matters. Uh, whatever comes first is the most important, right? So, for instance, 
our tithe. God said, bring the tithe into the storehouse. What is the tithe? It's not just 10%. It's the first 10%. The order matters. Why? Because we are putting God first. We're putting the most important thing in front of everything else. Remember, Jesus also said, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. But we've got to seek first. Why? Because that becomes the most important thing. So in this very same idea, this was understood in Hebrew culture, that whatever came first was more important. So Jesus says, before you come trying to worship me, just lay your offering down, lay your sacrifice down, put, you know, pause the music for a minute, leave out, go deal with your stuff, go forgive, go for, ask for forgiveness, whatever you have to do, and then you come back in. I can speak from my own experience that when I have unforgiveness in my heart, it is very difficult to worship. Oh, I can say the words, but I'm not going to tell you that I feel this overwhelming presence of God in my life when I worship. Why? It has nothing to do. It's not God's fault. He wants to meet with me. He wants to meet with you. He wants to talk with you. He's just saying, you've got to deal with the stuff first. Are you okay this morning? Go deal with your stuff and then come back. It, it's more important to be reconciled to, than to perform religious duties. Uh, service and worship to God does not justify bad relationships in your life. Just because we come every Sunday and we lift our hands, it doesn't justify having bad relationships. Forgive. Let's read this same uh, verse, and I, and I want to show you this last line, but I want to read it in the Message Bible to you. This is how I want you to conduct yourselves in these matters. If you enter uh, your place of worship, and you're about to make an offering or a worship, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, and go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, I want you to watch this, come back and work things out with God. You see, this leads us to our second point, and that is that unforgiveness creates a problem with God. The reason that it's more important than worship is because God is saying this, I, I can't even come into close relationship with you. We have an issue here, and it may not be an issue between me and you, but your issue, your lack of forgiveness to someone else, or your lack of going and, and reconciling or asking forgiveness from someone else, it's causing a problem with me and you. So as soon as you get that dealt with, then you've got to come in here and make things right with God. Now I have to come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't forgive that person immediately. I let it go on too long. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry I didn't apologize sooner. I'm sorry I didn't ask for forgiveness sooner, God. Will you forgive me for not for forgiving? That's a lot of fours in there. Someone else. Because unforgiveness creates a problem with God. We, we think in our mind that What's going on with the people in our life has nothing to do with our relationship with God. And yet it has everything to do with it. Here's what, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others... Your Father will not forgive your sins. I want you to consider that. God will forgive everything in your life except for 
a lack of forgiveness. I know this flies in the face of modern thinking and modern Christianity and modern theology that and we live in a super grace world and everything we do is covered by the grace of God and, 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 and most of that is true. But, but this is the words of Jesus. I'm not making them up. I've read them right. That came right out of the New Living Translation. If we do not forgive, he will not forgive us. I don't have anything else to add to that or to, to soften that. It's just very simple. Our unforgiveness, our lack of forgiveness could cost us our eternity. It's a serious problem with God. There's no loopholes here. He didn't say, well, if it's not too bad, but anything that's like a level six or below, if you don't forgive, then it's going to cost you, I'm not going to forgive you. No, no. He just said, if you don't forgive for anything, any reason, if you don't forgive, then I'm not going to forgive you. Why does this matter? Because God has forgiven us of all of our sin. The little ones, the big ones. The ones that everybody knows about and the ones that are hidden. God forgave all of them. Every one of them. And so God's saying, look, if you're not going to forgive for everything, then I'm not going to forgive you. Yeah, but Pastor Ronnie, it was so big, it was so hard. Like I, I get it, Jesus doesn't. I understand Jesus doesn't care. <laughs> because Jesus is saying, look, I already hung on the cross for all of your stuff, all of your ugly, all of your, all of your mean-spirited, all of the stuff that you never want anybody to know that you did. I already forgave it. I already paid the price for it, so there's no excuse. I wish somebody would say amen for him this morning because, I, you know, thank you. I'm talking about. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus changed forgiveness forever. He changed the subject forever. Before Christ, and we, we can learn this from the words of Jesus, but you also see it in the Old Testament, under the law, in the, in the culture of the world, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, here's what Jesus said. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. However badly you are hurt, that's how bad that person gets punished. When I grew up, uh, you know, I've often told you before, I, I, I grew up getting whippings. Just that, that was part of my life growing up. And I know it's not politically correct today, but I, I grew up... You know, my dad didn't believe in sparing the rod. It was in, it's in the Bible, and we didn't spare the rod or the belt or whatever. Um, and so my dad used to play this really mean trick on me, right? It was just really, it was just mean-spirited. And I'd get in trouble, and I knew I was going to be in trouble. And so I would come in, and, and he would say, Randon, how many licks do you think you deserve? Uh, three. Three? No, that's ten right there. That's six right there. I, because you said three, I'm going to go ahead and give you double that because that was just, you know, oh, oh gosh. So you go in the next time and he'd say, how many licks do you think you deserve? And, you know, the first time he was going to give you four, but because you said two, he gave you, you know, six. But now you say four. And he goes, well, I was only going to give you two, but since you think it's worth four... <laughs> 
mean-spirited. Mean-spirited. <laughs> I had the greatest father in the whole world. Uh, what I didn't know at the time that I learned later in my life was that he would pick the numbers to mess with me. He would change how hard he whipped me based on whatever number I said. And I, I didn't realize that. I got it now. Um, I just thought he was being really mean. <laughs> uh, but here was the point. The point was, Randon, however badly you messed up, that's how bad you're going to be punished for. I don't want to over-punish you. I also don't want to under-punish punish you. There is a correlation between how badly you messed up and the price you have to pay for that. This is the old way. This is the law. This is the way when Jesus was walking the earth, every other rabbi, every other teacher, this is what they were teaching. He goes on to say in, in verse 38, I'm, I'm sorry guys, I didn't finish that verse. He said, here, here's what the Bible says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. How many have heard this saying, an eye for an eye? Yeah, most of us have. This word, it, comes from, it comes from the book of Leviticus. Uh, and Jesus is quoting it right here. He said, this is what you've heard. Before me, this was absolutely the law. You gouge my eye out, you're about to lose an eye. You punch me in the face and knock a tooth out, I get to knock a tooth out of your head too. Here we go. <laughs> and if I get two, sorry. <laughs> an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus changed the deal. This is before Christ. After Christ, here's what Jesus says um, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. This is the same sermon he's preaching. This is just a little bit later. He says, um, this is when he's teaching us how to pray. All right? This is the Lord's Prayer. And he says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, don't you note a couple of words here. First off, note this little two-letter word right here, as. That means that to the same degree one thing is happening, at the, then the other thing is happening. There is now a correlation between the two. Now, remember, the scale before Jesus was... The punishment has to match the crime or the injury. However badly you hurt me, that's how bad I get to hurt you back. Now Jesus is changing the whole deal. He said, we're not even going off of that scale anymore. Here's the new scale. When you forgive, I'll forgive. As you forgive, I'll forgive. Notice these other words right here. Have forgiven. Is that present tense? Some of you are like, oh, Pastor Ryan, <laughs> I've been out of school like 47 years. <laughs> Any school teachers in the room? Is that present tense right there? Is that future tense? Is it past tense? It's past tense. So I want you to notice what Jesus is saying. Here is how I want you to pray. Father, forgive me of my sins because I've already forgiven other people of their sins against me. We come to the altar and say, Father, forgive me of my sins. And he's ready to, but he's saying, wait a minute, who have you forgiven? Because it's only to the degree that you forgive that I can forgive you. I know this is hard preaching. It's not popular preaching. I'm just telling you, this is what it says right here. This is Jesus' words. As he's praying, he says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Doesn't mean you have to forget about it. He never said we have to cast it as far as the east is from the west like God did. He just said, you do have to forgive. You can't hold it against them. You have to let it go. 
And as you let it go, here's what, here's what God's promising. I'll let it go. So Jesus changed the scale. We were on a metric system. Now we're on a standard system. We were on a, the, the punishment much matched the injury. That was the correlation. Now it's however much you forgive. After you've forgiven, I'm ready to forgive. Jesus changed the deal. Let's look at another parable of Jesus. Y'all all right this morning? Matthew 18, verse 23. Matthew 18 and 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought to him who owed him millions of dollars. Anybody in the room owe millions of dollars? I do not. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that no one would loan me millions of dollars when I was 18 because I would probably owe it right now. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity with, for him. And he released him and forgave his debt. This is a story that Jesus is telling. He said, look, we, you, you, you come to God the Father. You have a debt that you cannot pay. And God's willing to forgive you. He's willing to let it all go. He's having mercy on you. Mercy is not doing to us what we deserve. It's not giving us what we deserve. We deserve punishment, and yet he's having mercy on us. You see, the debtor can't always repay you. Whoever has hurt you, they can't always repay you. They can't always come back and, and pay you enough. There's no way that I can repay God for all of the sin in my life, for the price that he has uh, paid me for. Even if they apologize, it doesn't always undo what they did. My dad taught me long ago, Randon, you can't unsay words, so be careful what you say. You can't always undo it. We have, a, we have a debt that we cannot repay. Our forgiveness, though, cannot be based on repayment. Because some things that happen, there's no way you can undo them or that you can fix them. But here's the truth. The offended can always show mercy. Here's the master. He's owed more money than the guy can pay back, but he made a decision to show mercy. In verse 33, he said, I showed you mercy. The offended can always show mercy. I want to play you this video really quickly. I want to play you this video and uh, just kind of walk you through the, the first part of the story and also the last part of the story, tells you what happens. And so let's watch it. You guys, do you have my video ready? been forgiven this tremendous debt. We're talking millions of dollars. He's just, I'm free, man. I got no debt. Could you imagine not having a mortgage payment, not having a car payment, everything paid off free and clear. The guy is like, I am a free man, no debt, no worries. And he comes out and he comes across a servant. 
And this servant owed him $1,000, and he grabs him by the neck and starts choking him, demanding payment. I mean, what is up with that? And the guy couldn't pay, so he had him thrown into prison. about this who had forgiven him that huge tremendous debt and he calls him before him and says you evil servant I forgave you this tremendous debt because you pleaded with me shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just like I had mercy on you and then the angry king he throws him into prison to be tortured until he can pay the entire debt and this is what your heavenly father will do for you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Why would God be so harsh? Why would he say such a thing? I believe it's because God knows that unforgiveness puts you in a prison. Unforgiveness is like sipping poison expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness puts you in a prison. This is what Jesus is teaching us. This is the principle that he's trying to show us. When you don't forgive, it imprisons you. And this is what he promises. I, I want to read it to you. Uh, Matthew 18. Let's finish this verse, verse 32 to 35. The guy walks out. He's just been forgiven. He grabs the guy by the throat and says, now you pay me back. Couldn't pay him back. Here's what he says, Matthew 18, verse 32. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven. Nope, verse 32, please. Then the king called in the man he had already forgiven and said, You evil servant, I became, forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you. Then the angered king sent the man to prison to be tortured. He had paid the debt. Here's what Jesus is saying. Look, I just did this for you. Why don't you turn around and go forgive someone else? I just forgave you of a debt you could never repay. You owed millions. This guy owed thousands. What's the deal? And he goes on in verse 35. Just to be very clear, that's what your heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to Forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. If we don't do it, it'll cost us everything. Unforgiveness imprisons us. Unforgiveness tortures us. Unforgiveness will cost you your eternity. Don't wait until it's too late to, to give forgiveness freely. Give it away. So what do we do when the offense seems too big to forgive? I'm going to give you three quick things, and then we'll close. Number one, you've got to change your focus. Change your focus. What do you mean, Pastor Randon? I mean simply this. Stop focusing on what was done to you, and start focusing on what was done for you. We get so focused on what happened to us that we stop looking at what God has already done for us. 
We've already been promised forgiveness. All we have to do is forgive. All we have to do is give it freely. So stop worrying about what's happening there and start lifting our eyes up to Jesus and change our focus on what's happened to us and getting on what's happened for us. We don't forgive because someone asked for forgiveness. We forgive because God forgave us. Pastor Ryan and I'm waiting on them to say I'm sorry. I'm waiting on them to ask for forgiveness. No, 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 no. Forgiveness has nothing to do with them saying they're sorry. It has everything to do that, with that God is ready to forgive you. All you have to do is forgive others. Just forgive. Number two, change how you treat the offender. Change how you treat them. Here's what Jesus said, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. Luke 6, 27 and 28. But you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who hurt you. Change how you're treating them. Look, he said, bless them, pray for them, do good to them, love them. Jesus said, you want to have true forgiveness in your life? Change how you treat people. Change how you, why, but Pastor Randy, you don't understand. I, I, I don't. Jesus does. Bless them. He's hanging on a cross in the middle of it saying, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Number three, change where you are. What does that mean? Isaiah 48, this is one of my scriptures for the year, verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It is so easy to get stuck in what happened to us, where we used to be. The word dwell means to live, to set up camp, or to set up a tent, to build a house there. And we can get caught up in what happened and stop moving forward. And we're living in our pain, and we're living in our tragedy, and we're allowing it to define us. We're making our problem, what someone did to us, our address. You don't have to live there. Change where you are. God said, see, I'm doing a new thing. If you've been caught up in unforgiveness, if you've been caught up in the pain and the tragedy, I want you to know God is doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You didn't see how you could ever be anything but that, and yet God said, I'm making a way. You know, I pass around and I don't, have to, I don't know how to move beyond the unforgiveness in my life. You just follow Jesus out. He's going to make a way. Just start forgiving. Start blessing. Start loving. Start treating them differently. Start treating them better. Start, start giving away forgiveness freely. And you'll look up and you'll be walking away from the former things that defined you and imprisoned you and enslaved you and were poisoning you and, and were torturing you. And, you won't, and, and the offender has moved on with their life and we are still stuck stuck I want you to know today that God's saying to you I'm making a way and I'm giving you streams or life in a wasteland you, the, the, living in that prison it sucks the life of you, out of you it sucks the joy out of you it, it, it sucks the hope out of you but when, you, when you're in a desert and you see a stream, when you see water your hopes arise again your pace picks up again maybe we're going to make it maybe there's a chance we're going to get out of here and that's what God is saying if you've been stuck in that prison of unforgiveness let yourself out I'm giving you a stream in the wasteland. Jesus looked down at them and he said, Father, forgive them, 
for they do not know what they are doing. This is an interesting statement how he ends this. They don't know what they're doing, but I believe it's going to speak life to you today. Understand very clearly that the men gathered around the cross absolutely knew. The high priest, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they absolutely knew that Jesus was innocent. They knew that they were crucifying an innocent man. That's what Jesus is saying. They have no idea that even though they're trying to stop me, their actions can't stop God's plan in this earth. I don't know what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing. They think they're doing what they're supposed to do. They have no idea what they're doing. No, understand, they knew they were crucifying an innocent man. They knew they were hurting Jesus. They knew they were killing him for no reason. They knew they were talking bad about him. They knew they were beating him mercilessly. They knew all of that. What they didn't know was that everything they did could not stop what God was going to do in Jesus. What does that mean? Here's what I want you to know today, and I'm closing with this. The person who hurt you, the person who offended you, they may have known exactly what they were doing. The person, the, the, if you're in this room and you've been, you were, have been abused physically or sexually or emotionally or verbally, the, the person who did it to you, your abuser may have known exactly what they were doing. But here's what they don't know. There is nothing that they can do to stop what God wants to do in your life. And if you'll just say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And I understand that you're making streams in the wasteland. You're making a way in the wilderness and you're going to raise me up out of this prison and set me free and use me for the glory of God in this world. Nothing that comes against you can stop God's plan in your life so long as you say, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. My challenge to you is this, Father, forgive them. Oh, but Pastor Randon, it's still happening. Father, forgive them right now. In the midst of my pain, I'm bleeding and I'm hurting and I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm struggling. Father, forgive them right now. Right now, you can't afford to wait till they make things right with you. Father, forgive them. Can I pray with you this morning? The Holy Spirit is just coming to this room in the last few minutes. And there are things in your life maybe that you've never thought you could let go of. You just didn't see how it could happen. You're stuck there. You've dwelt there. You've set up camp. It's become a part of who you are. But right now, God's making a way in the wilderness. Right now. If you'll just release it. Just release it. Just release it. And you just say, maybe you want to say it whispered. Maybe you want to say it in your own mind. Whatever you want to just say, Father, I forgive them. Just, I forgive them. I forgive them. Just release forgiveness right now. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. He's going to let it go. He's going to lift your burden right now. They've moved on with their life. You're still carrying the weight. Jesus said, the Bible said of Jesus, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Just put it at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for what you did for each and every one of us. Even right now, everything that I've hidden away, everything that I should have forgiven but didn't, 
Father, I breathe in your forgiveness and I breathe out forgiveness for everything that every person that's spoken against me or come against me or hurt me or abused me or offended me. Father, help me to forgive right now. Help our people today, Jesus. Lord, you're making a way right now, a way in the wilderness. We didn't think there was going to be a way. Lord, and then give us a stream, life, hope, energy. Father, we know that nothing they did to us can stop us from what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.